You're about to listen to episode two of Meet Mediocrity. You know, we've all heard and read a lot over the past couple of weeks about Kobe Bryant and his loss, the loss of his daughter and the loss of the others in that terrible helicopter crash in California. I know a lot of us have been reflecting on those losses because we all kind of feel like we knew Kobe Bryant. We didn't really know him, at least most of us didn't. But we felt like we knew him because we, he had such a public persona that we were familiar with. So today I'm going to go to real personas of real people who I really know. So I want to explore the concept of life being short and what we can learn about that concept by exploring and honoring the lives of three people who were very close to me personally. These are real people who I knew really well. And we will look at lessons that these people taught me and how we can use them and use those lessons to live our very best lives. Let's get started. And welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Episode 2. Our Meet Mediocrity community is a community that seeks personal wellness, is looking for new wellness opportunities, is looking to learn more about the activities we're participating in today. Our community is meant to be encouraging, and it's one where meeting mediocrity is not a bad thing, it's a stepping stone. In fact, mediocrity can also be the best we are possibly capable of at a given activity, and that's okay too, because meeting mediocrity is far better than embracing quitting. Let's get started. Okay, so in today's episode, I reflect on life being short. In my opinion, even a long life, well-lived, is too short. So I think that our focus, all of our focus on wellness directly aligns with this. Chasing wellness activities, even if our best performance is only mediocre, is in fact, in my opinion, a key to living our short lives as well as we possibly can. In today's episode, I'm going to get into a description of three great people who were really close to me, and all of whom passed away over the past year. Then what I'm going to do is tie their examples back together for us to ponder. What can we learn from these three lives that will help us motivate ourselves to embrace our wellness goals? So I'm going to call these three people, these three lives, Grandma, Papa, and Sis, my sister. These three family members were very close to me, and I lost all three of these family members over the past year. These are not mediocre people. They were great people. But I can tell you that each of them went through periods where they were meeting mediocrity, and by that I mean 
they all experienced moments, especially towards the end of their lives, when they were definitely not at their best. But it's in those moments that I learned a lot about them and more importantly, a lot about myself. I want to share a little bit about these people, the things I learned from them and how I think we can apply all of those learnings to our own lives. So the first of these three great people who recently passed away, who I'd like to spotlight, is Grandma. Grandma was a great lady who passed away at the age of 91. She raised two children as a single mother, and she was very active until the very last year of her life. She was a teacher. She was like a born teacher. So she taught elementary school in her most of her adult years, and later in life, she became an accountant, and she passed her CPA. She maintained her CPA license and taught undergraduate accounting courses until well into her 80s. She used to drive 15, 20 miles to family gatherings, and she drove herself until the very last year of her life. And she never came empty-handed. She'd walk in and she'd say, I brought a fruit platter. You all need to eat fresh fruit. And then she'd say, I also brought this chocolate cake because it just looked too good to pass up. She literally sent birthday cards to every family member every year. She usually included a small gift as well. She didn't need to, but she did. Grandma was a hardworking woman who enjoyed a life well lived. I know Grandma probably had her secrets as to what helped her live that life, but I had some observations. First and foremost, she never stopped doing. Was she the very best professor among all professors? I know she was very good, but I'm sure she wasn't the very best. Only one or two or a few people can be the very best. But even if she was the very best or close to the very best, I'm sure she wasn't at her very best every day. But you know what? She never stopped teaching. And she never stopped trying to help students. In fact, when I say students, she often helped students that weren't her students at all, but they were in an accounting class and they needed help and she was game on to help them. Grandma kept current on the accounting rules by reading the pronouncements and discussing them with other professors. You know, as she got older, she could very easily have said, this is getting too tough. I'm having trouble getting myself to class in bad weather. The laws are just changing too fast for me to keep up. I'm just losing my touch. I used to be a good teacher, but now I'm becoming mediocre. Nope, she never said anything like that, and she kept going until the end. And she never stopped being present with the family. We would call her up and say, Grandma, it's too far to drive. And she would respond, don't be silly. It's your birthday. The family will be together. There's going to be good food. I will be there. And I'll bring a fruit platter. She could very easily have said, I'm too tired. Give me a call when everyone gathers so I can say hi to everyone. 
Nope, she never did that. She lived life by doing and participating. Hers was a great life. She kept on plugging along even when she was seriously slowing down. Even when everything was getting harder. Even when she wasn't as quick, energetic, or agile as she used to be. It didn't matter. And to me, this is what I mean by meeting mediocrity. It's not about striving for mediocrity or settling for mediocrity. It's about not letting mediocrity be an excuse to slow down or to give up. Okay. Great person number two. Um, I'm going to honor my... um, um, The second person I'm going to honor is Papa. So, Papa was the unquestioned leader of his family and he recently passed away at the age of 89. He was a successful entrepreneur. He ran a successful garment business. He accumulated a modest nest egg, and he retired to Florida. And this man was always very generous. He helped all his children get their lives started, Not just financially, but he always had good, sound advice. His biggest regret, he told me this often, was retiring too early and moving to Florida too young. He'd say, I never thought I'd live this long. Papa was active, both physically and mentally, until the very end of his life. When his granddaughter got married in New York about a year ago, He got on a plane, and he made sure he was there. His ankles, his knees, his hips were all bothering him. I know they were. He told me they were. But he was not going to miss that wedding. In fact, the other thing he did was he he was always insisted he had the latest technology, an iPhone, an iPad. He wanted to make sure he could read his books, check the stock market, He wanted to make sure he could mind everyone else's business by following their activities on Facebook. He wanted to keep up with current events. He followed his favorite sports teams all on an iPad. In fact, he kept himself so well-informed and sharp that all of his children and all of his grandchildren called him at least once a week, and in fact, some of them called him every day. In fact, it seemed to me like he was always on the phone. And he wasn't just saying hello, but he was always giving advice and being a fountain of information. And the interesting thing is, he wasn't just on the phone. He always seemed to have visitors at his house. House guests, children, grandchildren, friends. In fact, he often had friends of children, friends of grandchildren, and friends of friends staying at his house. That's because everyone loved to visit Papa And he was always greeting everyone with kind of an open house. He made sure their favorite foods and drinks were in the fridge before they even arrived. Papa could very easily have given up long before he passed away. His legs hurt. He was tired. He wasn't as sharp as he used to be. His finances were tighter. Why not say, I'm feeling pretty mediocre in my old age. I think I'm going to pack it in. Because that is crap. And that Papa viewed it as crap too. 
he was definitely more mediocre than he was as a younger man. And I know he felt mediocre a lot of the time. But that never stopped him from plowing ahead and living his best life. Papa is a man that I aspire to emulate as I get older. The third person I'm highlighting today and honoring today is definitely last, but definitely not least. And that's my sister. My sister was an amazing woman who truly gave the saying, life is short, new meaning to me. Sis was taken by a rare and incurable cancer a little more than six months ago at the young age of 48. She left behind her loving husband, two young daughters, both of her parents, and her loving, handsome, intelligent, funny, smart brother. That's me. (laughs) Anyway. My sister always struggled, and by the way, she knows I would have said something like that, so that's typical me. Anyway, my sister always struggled with her weight and her fitness. She definitely inherited bad genes because she had those challenges ever since she was a little kid. But my sister never stopped trying, and she never stopped battling. She tried all kinds of diets. She tried all kinds of exercise regimens. And she never threw in the towel. She never said, I'm mediocre at sticking to a good diet and exercise regimen, so I'm just going to give up on that. She never did that. In fact, so it was about a year ago, I would see my sister at the gym three mornings a week swimming laps. That was her regimen. That was her 2019 New Year's resolution. And uh, she was sticking to it. Uh, She didn't do a lot of laps. She didn't swim very fast laps, but she was plugging along regularly. She had made resolutions and she was sticking with them and she was seeing results and success. And frankly, we used to talk about it all the time. We would actually say, you know, after we swim our laps, maybe we'll get together in the hot tub and hang out and speak with the old folks. We never actually did it, but we did talk about it. You know, Even before my sister got sick, she was the queen of never giving up on her lifelong wellness quest. And she also always had a great sense of humor. In fact, I was with her probably on the worst day of our lives when the doctor gave her the grim diagnosis that she didn't have long to live. As soon as she heard that, she turned to me. She had tears in her eyes, but she said, hey, Mitch. I guess I can go back to having my morning bagel. She she was also a lesson in perseverance. Her entire life, she embraced the things that she was mediocre at, and she always tried to use that mediocrity as a springboard, a stepping stone, a motivator. She was incredibly strong, brave, and graceful, even throughout her sickness. She was always welcoming guests, making sure they were comfortable when they were visiting her and she was the sick one. She would introduce them to doctors and nurses when she was in the hospital. She made sure when they visited her at home that they knew where to find drinks and snacks. I saw and spoke with my sister almost every day during those last few months. I know she was exhausted and I know she was scared. 
but she never said, don't come over, don't come visit. She never said, I give up. She didn't say it to me, and she didn't say it to anyone. Forget mediocrity. Her diagnosis was basically no hope of recovery. That's not mediocrity. That's hopelessness. But my sister never took mediocrity or hopelessness as an excuse for retreat. Only for pushing ahead as long as her body and her heart allowed her. So now I'm going to summarize what these three great people, these three great lives taught me and hopefully what they taught you. First, foremost, and obviously, life is short. No matter how long any human life is in the scheme of things, it's short. I believe making wellness part of your life helps create a life well lived. And whether you're great, good, or just mediocre at what you choose to promote in your own wellness activities, it's all good. Grandma, Papa, Sis, they never stop their wellness focus even in the face of old age, even in the face of death. Grandma would say, Do you need, does anyone need help with their accounting schoolwork? Papa would say, Come stay in my house. I have your favorite tuna salad in the fridge, and we can sit and talk about the stock market. And my sister said, Sure, you can come visit. I'll have plenty of time to sleep later. I will never forget them, and I'll never forget their perseverance. Okay, so here's the wrap-up. As I was thinking about today's podcast, I said, Mitch, this is only your second podcast, your second episode. Are you seriously going to talk about people dying? This is very personal. But then I realized that, A, it was fresh in my mind, given that Papa and Grandma passed away in January, and my sister only six or seven months ago. B, all three of these people lived amazing lives that were worth celebrating and honoring. And C, they all inspired me, and I thought they could all teach us something about our wellness and our approach to wellness. They all faced mediocrity throughout their lives, and they certainly were mediocre versions of their former selves as they got old and sick but they simply never stopped being positive, embracing life and pushing forward, living meaningful lives until their last days with us. Okay, so here we go. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend. Follow us at Meet Mediocrity on Instagram. Join our discussions on the Meet Mediocrity Facebook group and look for our tweet of the day on Twitter. Once again, this has been your host, Mediocre Mitch, and until next time, be happy, be positive, and